The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello and welcome to this week's St Albans Film Guide. You are listening to me, producer Sam, and I am here with Chris, local film fan, on Friday the 14th of July 2023. Let's talk film! Excellent. Okay, so you you know the lowdown by now. Unless you're new here, welcome. And in that case, what we do here is guide you through new releases in the cinema and streaming. Then we've got our little uh, section where our guide has their own themed area of time that they're allowed to, you know, talk about whatever it is they would like as long as it's film based. And for Chris, that is Where To Next, where we look at movies from around the world, not in the English language. And then to finish it off, we have a look at what movies are on free-to-air television so that if you you know, are just sitting at home and you're not sure what to pick, we've done the hard work for you. We've gone through the TV guide, picked out the best options, and we'll tell you about them here today. So shall we start with cinema why not why the heck not (laughs) let's just do what we always do i think that's probably a good thing all right so we have new to cinema this week we have a movie called a kind of kidnapping yes this week's a bit slow in terms of big releases um that'll be because you know, to... We're in a bit of a we're in a bit of a weird middle week, aren't well, we? Well, that's Chris? the thing. So, so production we're companies, like a sandwich. Well, well, distribution companies don't like distributing films too much in competition with other similar films. They want their own sort of space to breathe and and have a good opening weekend. So, last week there was Mission Impossible: uh, Dead Reckoning Part One, which we will talk about in a minute. And next week is the double header of. Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and Greta Gerwig's Barbie, which are two big releases. Very, very similar. Apparently, a lot films. of people. It's a bit of a. It's a bit of a thing that people are signing up to do a double header of Oppenheimer and Barbie. Wow. Okay, that is so <laughs> um, moving from I think one I'd to rather, the other. I guess I'd probably prefer to see Barbie second, based on the content. Yeah, and the probably. Story. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> don't spend you a need couple a of hours pick in me bright, <laughs> bright Barbie land and then spend a few hours watching a bunch of men create the deadliest weapon known to man. Yeah, yeah, not great. No, yeah, not great. Yeah, no. But no. anyway, because yeah. of that, because of those big releases being sort of spread out a bit, this week, slight lull. So, so the, the biggest release is a British film called A Kind of Kidnapping. Which is a uh, it's a comedy, um, a British comedy in which a couple of thirty-somethings, Maggie and Brian, who are struggling to get by, decide to kidnap a politician um, huh? and hold him for ransom. <laughs> okay. But uh, everyone hates him, so no one wants to pay the ransom. Oh no! But, <laughs> so they decide they want to let him go, but then he says it could be to everyone's advantage if he could sort of. Get the basically he's getting good PR out of this, and can they continue just sort of keeping him hostage? I mean, 
Bad publicity is good publicity. That's the thing. So it says, what follows is a series of lies, double-crossing, and even murder in this taut, darkly comic thriller. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I'm excited by this lull, Chris. There you go. So if this is a lull. A kind of kidnapping. If, if Mission Impossible mm. is not your thing, uh, then a kind of kidnapping. Well, we're gonna, we can talk about Mission Impossible because you and I did see it the other day. That's right. Uh, I was very excited to see it. I'm a big Mission Impossible I was, fan. I was to see it, yep. You enjoyed it. Stop stop <laughs> downplaying it. <laughs> yes, we have uh, spent many an evening. I don't know how many it is. Seven, 20 different movies. The, these Dead now. Reckoning's the seventh. Mm hmm. Yep. Feels like it. Um. Look, you, again, you're making it sound like you were sat down for a week straight just watching these films, but that, we watched them over the course of several months. They were spread <laughs> out. Mm, yeah. And you enjoyed them. Stop. Do, I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> I don't know either. Why, I'm why sorry. You... <laughs> I started on it. I started on it. I have to finish. <laughs> why are you trying to pretend that you're sort of above them? I'm above it because than. I like sophisticated <laughs> films. Yes. Now let's go watch Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> yes, please. Can we please? That's a great film. I love if that anyone's film. not seen Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar, uh, get on so it right good. now. But okay, so yes, obviously we don't want to be doing any spoilers because it's literally just come out this week or whatever, but it was enjoyable. I definitely enjoyed it way more than Fast X, which was boring to me you know it's fine they've run out of ideas for stunts clearly um and um Hayley Atwell brought a brilliant energy to it which was a little bit refreshing and yay and I mean with the Mission Impossible films in combination of obviously Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie who's the writer and director they've got a good partnership going and they've they've got the sort of they got the formula down. It is it mm-hmm. is mass market entertainment. They are, yeah, they're sort of like, I mean, there's sort of a complicated plot, but really not. It's actually kind of straightforward. It's a lot of sort of crossing and double yeah. crossing and things like that. But they complicate it by being humans. It, it's, and that's it's it. It's mostly, you know, they, they make sure to get in some really well put together set pieces. In this case, memorable ones include a car chase through the streets of Rome. Involving mm-hmm. several different parties chasing one another, and different vehicles. different vehicles. You've got um, fight scenes in in the twisty, thin streets of of Venice. You've got uh, sort of culminating in a, in a big set piece on a on a train going through on the uh, Orient Express going through the Swiss Alps, and yeah, it's in, it's they're very well put together. Tom Cruise, you know, is obviously a sort of quite a Marmite individual. He's a, he's a strange man. Um, but he is also, when it comes to this sort of like consummate professional, he knows what he's doing. And also I quite appreciate that, unlike a lot of, say, the sort of Marvel movies now and things like that, where a lot of the fight scenes and stuff are sort of set at night or in sort of murky darkness a lot of the film of mr boswell dead reckoning a lot of the action scenes are they're set during the day there you can fully see what's happening everything's well lit 
and you're not struggling. You know, there, there's certain scenes like the scene, like I said, in Venice, where there's sort of fight scenes and chases. That's at night, but it's also atmospherically shot and properly lit and things like that. So I sort of appreciated the the clarity of the action. You can see what's going on. You can see this. And well, one of the things is they want you to see what's going on because they want you to see that it's Tom Cruise doing mm-hmm. all of the stunts and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thought I thought everyone, there wasn't like a bad, not that like by this sort of a time, you're not going to be, you're not going to find a bad performance among it. But I thought every single person brought something to the film that was necessary. Yeah. So, so, yay! Go see Dead it Reckoning if you want to. Part one next year. This time next year, Dead Reckoning Part Two. What? We have to wait a whole a year. Whole year. Why? They must have shot it already. Well, it was initially th- these two films were meant to come out in 2021 and 2022, and then something got in the way, and so they, they were going to shoot them genuinely back to back. Mm-hmm. And then release them a year apart. But then, because of COVID, they shot one, and then there was a bit of a break, and it wasn't. It was a bit more disjointed than they planned, so it's been pushed back a couple of times. And all right, so well, that's frustrating, but fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. So uh, yeah. So if you want to go see Mission Impossible, do that. Then, of course, there is also a kind of kidnapping, which seems fun too. So. That's what's out on the cinema this week. Okay, Chris, let's have a look at the streaming services. And I can see from your notes there is only one thing, and it appears to be on Netflix. It does indeed. So some years ago, 2018 to be precise, you might remember the Sandra Bullock film Bird Box. And it it spawned a quite dangerous meme of the Bird Box Challenge. Because Bird Box was about... So suddenly out of nowhere, a monstrous creature or creatures appear on Earth. And anyone who sees them with their own eyes basically gets essentially driven to madness with the urge to kill themselves and others. And so as long as you avoid seeing it, you are safe. So if you basically have to... So it doesn't attack anyone. It doesn't attack anyone. You have to see it. And if you see it, then you go crazy. Okay. You saw this film, so... I know, I know, but I was just trying to remember if they got attacked by the creep. Like, whether you had to avoid, like, bumping into them when you're blindfolded, you know, and they just, like eat you up nope you just keep walking don't look at don't them. look at them don't look at them and so you All either right. block every window in a house and stay inside or if you do have to go outside you go outside blindfolded and then this became the bird box sort of meme of people doing stuff blindfolded why are people why are people so of course five years later we get a spanish language sequel to Bird Box called Bird Box Barcelona. I love it. So after a mysterious force decimates the world's population, Sebastian must navigate his own survival journey 
through the desolate streets of Barcelona as he forms uneasier alliances with other survivors and they try to escape the city. An unexpected and even more sinister threat grows. Oh my goodness. So Even more sinister does... than a monster that makes you go crazy and kill yourself and others. Uh, why do why do alliances always have to be uneasy? Like, can't we just all get along and do the survival bit? <laughs> Please, yeah. Please, just one time. Like, why does why do other humans always have to be an additional danger? Like, I don't need that. Because we're the real monsters, Sam. Exactly. Look in the mirror. Uh. I try not to. <laughs> but well, then you'd be faced with sure? the, the real face of evil. Mm, yeah, exactly. So best not to look, really. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, I, I still I want to watch it. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so, that, that is entirely your right. Thank you. So, yeah, like, we'll we'll come back to you on this. Is is Bird Box Barcelona in capital letters? Like, is that how it's being styled, or is that just a a like the way the for it was formatted and your? That's the way it was formatted <laughs> when I copied and pasted okay. it. I just love you know, like it's just yelling it's really at us. Really shouted but... at you. <laughs> Grand. Okay. Well, um, brilliant. That's that's all. That's all new and notable to streaming this this week. Yes. So that's that's the the new things. But on the streaming topic. I did want to bring mm. up, so uh, it, would be, it would have been two months ago now uh, on one of one of these on one of my episodes, where in the new to streaming there was a film on Disney Plus called Crater, which you right, might remember because you uh, it was about a young people living on the moon, and then I think they were going to one of them was going to Mars or something to live on Mars, and it was you were like you had questions. Yeah, sure. And yeah. It, I, I still have those. It questions. was a largely sort of teenage cast, so it was sort of more of like a sort of teenager, young adult sort of movie. Mm-hmm. That was released on. It had it had a budget, I think, of maybe like fifty million or f- between fifty and sixty million dollars. It was released on Disney Plus. It was a Disney production, and it was on Disney Plus for all of seven weeks. And then it was removed by Disney. They removed their own film. And this is just the latest in a a long trend in the in the last year or so of production companies and mainly especially streamers as well, removing content, entirely disappearing content. Uh, largely it seems because of uh, they get tax write-offs and stuff. So they're basically I don't They're basically what making or saving money by getting rid of art so that people can't see it. And it's not the case that they, yeah, but... they and they can't to 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 write it off as tax. They can't just like take it off Disney Plus, but then release it on DVD so other people can see it. They actually they will just remove it and no one will see it again. Okay, like I'm sure some people, hopefully, someone listening understands what the heck you're on about because I don't understand how removing content saves any money or allows you to write off tax or I, I don't understand tax tax write-offs anyway. Like, who's right? What are you talking about? Why are you not paying? Like, just pay your tax. 
pay tax, pay taxes. I don't get it. I, like, if that's not what tax write-off I, means, I don't I, know. I, I, see, I don't know the ins and outs of it either, but it, a good example of it that made the news was, it was either earlier this year or last year when HBO, well, it's, so Time, Time Warner merged with Discovery and also then became the parent company of HBO. They basically cancelled the Batgirl movie. It was a movie um, of Batgirl being made, uh, starring... I can't remember who the actor was playing Batgirl was, but Brenda Fraser was in it as the main villain. And it was 90% complete, basically. I think they still had some of... They'd filmed most of it, and they still had some of the special effects to complete and everything like that. And then mm-hmm. Warner Brothers cancelled it. They said, nope. And it's never, Basically, it's never going to see the light of day. And that's been written off for tax purposes. And they have been... So HBO Max, which isn't actually a streaming service in the UK, because Sky Atlantic have um, access to all the HBO shows here... But it's a streaming service in the US. It's now called just Max. They have been just removing lots of content, stuff that they own, removing content from their uh, largely animation as well in an effort to basically maximize profits. And they've also been making a lot of people redundant. Same with Disney as well. Uh, especially in the animation sectors. And I think Netflix have done the same. So it's... Um, it, oh, I mean, because obviously capitalism. I mean, it's just... It seems completely backwards. Like, it's like their whole purpose of being is to create art and film. Well, and... Yes, I mean, that's the thing, though. Is And we've discussed this in other previous episodes where... It was last month, in fact, when the Flaming Hot movie came out. And it was about how the Flaming Hot Dorito was, uh, not Dorito, Cheeto was, was it Cheetos? Cheeto Flaming yeah. Hot is, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. Um, how that was invented. And we sort of had a brief discussion on, on how so many movies are now being made about products or about right. companies. And I know, yeah, like. Because they see how people are getting sick of capitalism but then they're so they're pushing it it's it's also just easy things it it it, it's advertising as well and then this is the thing some of it works because i want to see the barbie movie that's a product movie we both loved the lego movie that's a product movie there are and so it being a product movie doesn't make it a bad movie that's obviously something that should you know can be said but there is a lot of them that are just sort of pumped out there and it's just and a lot of the time where it's like you know executives turn out to be the goodies or sort of business people and things like that and it's not like these movies shouldn't be made i mean people have made films about the history of companies and other things like that before and some of them are very interesting but it's and it's just sort of like taking away money that could be spent on original stories. Mm, yeah. Indiana Jones 6. Uh, um, 5, Sam. 
Well, 5G's come out. Sure, whatever. But I mean, we just talked about Mission Impossible Seven, so yeah. But again, exactly. again, there's nothing. There was too many of them. There's nothing inherently wrong about sequels, but no. But when you make a terrible movie about something, something, something happens, and then aliens, then you don't get another go. Like that's it. It's over for you. <laughs> okay, you're talking about Indiana Jones. Yes. Four again. And like, there are low, like, however many, many billions of monies it cost to make five they could have funded several tens of independent movies about interesting stories yeah and and also what i'm i suppose i'm saying in a way is that so so when streaming became the thing it seemed like well all the movies just gonna be on streaming now but there's plenty Mm. of movies that aren't and there are plenty of movies out there that actually you just can't get, especially older movies. But there's also a lot of movies where you... It used to be, in the olden days, something would go out into the cinema. You'd see it in the cinema. And then it would be released X amount of months later on VHS and then subsequently DVD and Blu-ray. And everyone had a chance to see it. Now, stuff's been made by streaming companies. An example recently being, we discussed this off-air, Glass Onion. Netflix bought the the rights for the two sequels, there's going to be another one, to Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Knives Out was made not by Netflix, it was released in cinemas, it's available on Blu-ray and DVD still. Glass Onion, however, isn't available on DVD or Blu-ray. Netflix are hoping that your interest in Glass Onion, your want to watch it and how well-reviewed it was, and it was a very good film, they want to attract you to get a subscription to Netflix. They don't want to make it easy for you to get it elsewhere. And no, They don't want you to spend like 5 to £15 pounds on a DVD and then... You know they're they're not getting money then, are they? Like you're you're not forgetting to not renew your subscription. Yeah, and they're hoping then that you obviously then join, you watch that and you watch other things and blah, blah, blah and it sort of goes from there. But when certainly when streaming platforms became more prevalent, I we had we had a large DVD collection years back, which yeah for sure took up a lot of space and we sort of needed trimming. And we have done. And a lot of the things I looked at was like, oh, well, if I wanted to watch this again, it will be available streaming somewhere. Or I knew it was on Netflix or blah, blah, blah. And now things sort of just aren't. So potentially, if if there is sort of films and stuff that you you do love and you want to watch again, if you can get them on DVD or Blu-ray, if you're able to afford it or, you know, get a physical copy of it because that's the way it sort of does seem to be going. Yeah, for sure. We're heading back. That's the thing. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it's frustrating, isn't it? I I had nothing actually to say really other than it's annoying. (laughs) Yeah. And obviously I would never say Um, to pirate a film. Never. never, I wouldn't say that. How else are you going to? No, obviously that would be very naughty, because then 
Let's not pretend like we have any idea how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the thing. We would never buy on something because we actually genuinely have no idea how you go about doing it. And we're very good people. We're very good people, but also... Not the people that no, pirate stuff are it's bad. it's not a moral but... failing. But... No. And I don't want to. Yeah, we we're not superior beings. I use lime wire. We don't. Yeah, I've used NAFTA back in the day. <laughs> we we we're, we're not suggesting we're morally superior because we don't pirate. It's because we're too too old and dumb to find out how. <laughs> okay, speak for yourself. <laughs> no, that's true. If you wanted to, you could find out how. <laughs> Also, um, Batgirl was going to be played slash was played, but it didn't get released by Leslie Grace. That's her name. Thank you very much. No problem. Just thought I'd clear that up. Fact checking on the go. Thank you. Mm. But yes, that's all, what right. I, that's all I wanted to say about sort of this whole situation. It's, you know, keep an eye, keep an eye on things you love. If, if, yeah. if, there's, if there's something you want to watch and you do, or you like, you want to watch it multiple times, consider buying it on Blu-ray. Indeed. Same same with it's an entirely different topic, but same with music as well. Consider if there's an artist you particularly like, consider buying their album straight mm-hmm. up, even from their um their own merch store rather than I was gonna say I'd recommend doing it through the artist's store don't, don't, rather than don't purchase off Amazon or other places. Uh nah. Either directly from there, or you know, some um, maybe a local music shop if you have one local to you. Absolutely, there are some fine local um, music establishments around, and you can help them at the same time. But it just it's a it's a way because things like Spotify pay so little. Spotify mm. and, and it's all streaming. It's all streaming. It's it's convenience for you. It's just there. You you can just open Spotify or something and be like, I want to listen to blah. There you go. You got their entire back catalogue. Yeah. Um. But you know they they pay so little for each single individual stream that if if you listen to an album for you a few times, you you know the artist is getting hardly anything from that. But if you buy an album directly from their merch store, they get a much bigger cut. And they will, they, especially if they're a smaller band, they will notice it. Yeah, for sure. So this has been Chris's High Horse. And <laughs> Look, you're allowed to be up there. It's <laughs> thank fine. Thank you for listening. <laughs> well, let's uh, head over to where to next. <laughs> Okie dokie, Chris. Let's talk about films not in the English language. Where are we headed today? Well, so in our little run running notes here, we've got two films to talk about uh, briefly, not in the English language. But then there's another three films we've seen relatively recently that I think are worth just just chatting about because we've seen we've seen okay. quite a few films recently. Uh, yeah. So we'll sort of blast through. I think they are all ones we would recommend uh, for different reasons. One, yep. I'll start with the first one, which I I saw, but you didn't see. So we can just quickly go through that one. Yes, good. Um, because I was like really 
digging into my mind palace there and being like, did I? You, flicking through those. You did not. You saw the trailer for this. <laughs> those file drawers. You saw the trailer for this and said, turn to me. We were at the cinema, saw the trailer, and you turned to me and said, well, that's one you can go see. And very much implying you did not want to go. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> so it's called Sisu. It is a Finnish film. Do you want to spell that for the listeners? S-I-S-U. Okay. And that is... It, it's basically a word that is... It says at the beginning is... doesn't have a direct translation into English. But it is... I love that. It essentially is, the, is an idea. It's... It's a it's a deep bravery and courage that comes from basically like losing everything and having nothing else. But you're you you know it's just the drive to sort of bare animalistic drive to stay alive essentially. That's sort of okay. Paraphrase. Anyway, so that's uh, so Sisu is a Finnish action movie. Uh, starring Jorma Tamila and directed by Jalmari Helanda. Uh, and it's about a old finished gold prospector. So the war, it's in 19, uh, it's in 1945, I think, or 1944. The war, is, World War II is um, still going on, but the Germans are, are gradually being pushed back. And they're in Finland, but uh, sort of on the... On the retreat, and while they're retreating, they're essentially just raising everything to the ground as they go. It's a scorched earth policy. And there's this Finnish gold prospector living on his own. He's he's sort of basically left the war behind him, and he's off in the Finnish countryside looking for, for gold. And he strikes big. And he's making his way back home on his horse, and he goes past a sort of Nazi squad of soldiers, including like two trucks and a, and a tank. And they sort of watch him as they go past, but otherwise sort of leave him be. It looks like it might sort of kick off, but they leave him be and they're sort of like, you know, he's, he's marching that way. That way he leads to death then anyway. So, um, but he... He goes a bit further and he meets another set of Nazis who do bother him and they try and rob him of his gold. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he very much does not like that. So it all kicks off. He kills all of them. And then the other soldiers realise that he's he's loaded with gold and they set off after him. Little do they know, he is a legendary Finnish commando known as the immortal who is um he's a one-man killing machine and it's like it's kind of sort of a finnish mad max kind of sort of vibe to it uh it's it is very violent it's but it's also quite funny darkly comic it's got a lot of inventive um action scenes and yeah if that's if that's your sort of thing I would heartily recommend. Okay. Well, still doesn't sound like something I want to see, nope. but I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> Thank you. And in another sort of 
um, well, from a different part of the world. Well, yeah, let's dip over to the other side of the dip world. Dip over to we? the Philippines. And mm. with uh, Leonor Will Never Die. So this is a film from 2022. And it was uh, written and directed by Martika Ramirez Escobar. It was her first, it's her first ever film. And it's about Leonor, who was once a a famous film director and writer. Uh, she did action films, but she's now, um, I mean, she's an older woman. She lives, she's separated from her husband. She lives with her son, Rudy, and they're struggling to pay the bills. And she decides, she's she sees an advert for a screenwriting competition. And she decides she's going to, dig out a script that she she has written years ago and she starts working on that again but while she's working on it she gets hit in the head by a television and put into a coma but also sent into the world of this film that she's uh, writing and it's a sort of a quirky little film mm. which sort of it, it's sort of, in a way, sort of an homage to sort of cinema itself. Um, it's it's sort of a, a f- sort of family drama, but it's, it does have some quite good laughs in there as well. It's very stylish because in the film, the film she's sort of thinking of, because she wrote it so long ago, it looks like a sort of a 1970s style martial arts sort of low budget action film and she's now in there with the character that she saw up and yeah i really sorry i really liked it um the way they yeah like you say it's sort of stylized like that but also very helpfully they put it into four three yes ratio and so that's like a little subconscious you may or may not notice it i suppose but it's like a nice little because they don't always like transition in a way that makes it completely obvious that where you are and so yeah you can easily tell oh we're back in the in the movie inside her inside her imagination but there, there are also scenes that play out like a couple of times as she's rewriting them mm. there's other scenes where like someone who's writing it is you know doesn't have an ending to the scene so the scenes kind of stop and the character goes what do you want me to do? <laughs> Basically, and yeah, it's, it's a it's a fun uh, Filipino film. Uh, mm. Quite, you know, it's only just over an hour and a half. I I also spent quite a lot of it trying to figure out what country it was <laughs> because I didn't know beforehand that it was from the Philippines. Sure, um, and so. I have like no reference as to what the Philippines looks like, like cities in the Philippines or anything. And a lot of the like people's names had like a Spanish, maybe Portuguese, uh, like um, heritage sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, yeah, like a sort of um, East Asian. I don't know actually where, how you would, Describe the Philippines. South, um, yeah, Southeast Asia, I think. Southeast Asia. Um, as you know, also that kind of a 
sounding name. So I was like, I literally have no idea where we are <laughs> in the world, which was kind of interesting because like, I think a lot of the time we have like the cultural, a lot of films will put in like a landmark or something that, that typically you might be familiar with and be like, right, that's Brazil or right, that's Paris in France. Or, you know, so you can actually with like just a split second of showing the Eiffel Tower, you know exactly where you are or whatever. But I didn't, like for me, being having no previous knowledge of, yeah, what the Philippines w- was like, I didn't, they, I mean, they didn't particularly put in a, any of those landmarks or anything like that that I, that I remember. But yeah. no, I just thought it, it was just a really interesting experience for me personally, not knowing where we were. <laughs> I should, I should um, say it, it was quite interesting. Just going back to Sisu, uh, it, to say it's not in the English language would be slightly wrong. It does have English. It's actually largely because of the Nazi characters in German. There's a, And Finnish is probably it's quite low down on the actual languages spoken. So it's kind of it's quite an international thing. But, it, but mm-hmm. the nature of it is more of just like it's kind of international because it's just sort of a straight up action flick. But yes, uh, Leonor will never die. Um, but yes, then we got a few American films to just sort of breeze through, uh, which we'd all recommend for different reasons. I mean, they are, they are in the English language. These are all in the English language. These So first one is How to Blow Up a Pipeline, which came out earlier this year. And it's an environmentalist action thriller. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about this, and it, it's an interesting film, and it got, obviously, you know, some criticism for it when it came out. Uh, and it was it was the it's about a bunch of young people they didn't go hard enough (laughs) (laughs) it's about a bunch of young people from different backgrounds who team up to basically commit eco-terrorism they have the aim of as the title says blowing up an oil pipeline and like i say they come to it for different reasons there's one person in it Dwayne, who is he's older than the rest of them and he's quite a religious you imagine quite sort of right wing like a gun toting Texas guy and the government and the oil companies have taken his family's land from them to build the pipeline through there so he's come out because he's had land taken away uh, and him and his wife and his young children they couldn't do anything about it. You've got um, you've got uh, Sochi, whose uh, mother has passed away, and her friend Theo, who is sick uh, because they grew up near a chemical plant. You've got uh, Theo's girlfriend Alicia. Um, who wants, to, who kind of gets sort of roped into it. You've got two, like, almost thrill seekers mm-hmm. in Logan and Rowan, who are a couple. Logan, it's implied, come, you know, he comes from a wealthy background and they want to do this sort of, like, anti-capitalist stuff, but also at the same time, a lot of it is the thrill of doing it. And... You've got Michael, who is from a Native American family, and 
their land uh he's not from texas they all they all i think only Dwayne. i think Dwayne's the only one that actually comes from texas mm-hmm. where they actually try yeah to do this. they're sort of all from all around america and michael his i want to say it was nebraska or somewhere like that it was a northern state <clears throat> but yeah his his tribal land has been taken and he thinks basically invaded by um white oil workers coming from around he, I mean, he, yeah. he approaches a guy who he asks him where he's from and he says South Carolina and he basically you know because and he tells him to go home because he's 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 on their land and basically they all approach these things for different reasons and you're following this group and it's very much a sympathetic portrayal of this group as they and you watch them and that's where the thriller aspect comes in you're watching them make make homemade bombs Michael is the bomb maker make homemade bombs and execute their plan while also there's flashbacks dotted throughout of how they each individually got to where they are and enacting this plan um and i thought it was it's you know it's a relatively low budget i don't know what the budget was about twenty dollars about twenty dollars and <laughs> Because they just filmed like they just they were doing that actually, so yeah, yeah. and but it, it's it's very well put together, uh, nicely acted. Um, I only recognised one of the actors, I think, and that was I think Theo because she was in Loki, which we watched. But other than that, I had to look that up afterwards. I was like, I recognise you, but I can't place where. Um, but. Yeah, it's largely sort of unknown actors. Uh, they were all very good, and I would recommend it as a as a thoughtful film. Mm-hmm. So that's how to blow up a pipeline. I would agree with that. Good. And another thoughtful film, but in a different way, is a film called Nine Days. Now this. Oh yeah, this will tickle your noggin. This, <laughs> this is written and directed by Edson Oda. Uh, it was his first feature film and it stars Winston Duke um, who you is most well known for uh, his role in uh, Black Panther and Black Panther 2 as Mbaku one of the tribal leaders and in the various Avengers films but he's also uh, the father in Us um, so but he's, he's got a quite recognisable face so he plays Will who's a guy that lives in this house in the middle of the desert and he is what he has just in his living room is just a bunch of tv screens and each screen is showing the point of view of someone around the world like all different people around the world so there's a woman in america and there's an you know a teenager yeah also in america and there's like i think a woman in i think maybe mexico or someone like that. people around the world and he's watching these people and he's making notes on their day and he's filing these notes and there's one particular woman he's interested in, and he, you know, it's a woman called Amanda, and she's a young violinist, and she's he's watched her grow up, um, basically from from birth, and watched, her, and she's preparing for a recital or a, a, a concerto, and just before the concerto, she dies in a car accident and 
Will is obviously thrown by this, upset by it, but he then his job kicks in, which is he has to essentially interview what we can... It's never explicitly laid out as to what is happening. No. But he's essentially interviewing souls, it seems, for people to be born, the next person to sort of take Amanda's place and be born. And so various people turn up at his house. Some of you, you know, again, some of the play by actors you might recognize, sort of like um, Tony Hale, who was in Arrested Development. Bill Skarsgård, who plays Kane. He's a sort of a young, sort of tougher man. Uh, he is It, the clown in It, for instance. Yeah, he looks really similar. <laughs> and then... I, I recognised him straight, straight away. away. And then a, a, a woman uh, called... I say a woman, they're all souls. But um, someone called... He gives them their names as they arrive. And so a woman he calls Emma, played by Zazie Beetz, who you might recognise from things like Atlanta and Deadpool 2. She... It's sort of a bit different to everyone else. She's a bit more sort of free and everything like that. And he is basically over the course of nine days in the title, interviewing them, giving them tests, seeing how they react to um, certain questions and scenarios, deciding whether they are a fit to be born, essentially. And it's a very sort of interesting, thought-provoking film. And it's sort of, it's, I think it's the film that sort of stays with you for a while, sort of pondering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Maybe it's not a, maybe it's not on a completely, I don't know. Not, no idea is original, but like it was, it was, it was much more original than many other films that we've watched recently. Yes. I would say. Like a lot of the ones that we watch, like, you know, Leonor Will Never Die, that was also another quite interesting thing and everything. But yeah, this, it just had like a quite a unique twist on thinking about whether, you know, yeah, soul, do we have a soul? How, you know, how is our personality formed and all that sort of thing? So yeah, very interesting. Yeah. And then finally, another quite original film although it is based on several short films. They were made a while ago, and it's made by the same people mm-hmm. who made those short films. Uh, finally is Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Say that five oh. times fast. Exactly. So it's directed by Dean Fleischer Camp and um, written by him and Jenny Slate, who is a comedian who people might recognise from Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and all sorts of TV things like that. She's also got stand-up shows on, on Netflix. But she's also been in films like Obvious Child, was a very good one we watched a few years ago, uh, which is sort of an independent film which she stars in. And she plays, is the voice of Marcel, the shell with shoes on. So the director, Dean Fleischer-Camp, plays him like a documentary filmmaker Dean who moves into his into an Airbnb and discovers Marcel who is a one inch tall 
sentient shell with one big <laughs> eye and a pair of shoes. And Marcel lives it's quite quite the character. Lives in the house with his grandmother Connie, who is also a shell, voiced by Isabella Rossellini. And they are the only two of their community still living there. There was previously a whole thriving community living in that house when there was a previously a couple lived in the house. Uh, the people who own the Airbnb, they lived together, and but eventually they they broke up. And during the midst of like their final argument, most of the community was accidentally basically packed up and taken away, leaving Marcel and Connie behind. And so Dean starts basically this, making this little film about Marcel and it becomes a thing to try and reunite with his family and they sort of go on the internet and they become sort of minor celebrities. And it's a very funny film. It's nominated for Best Animated Feature at the Oscars, which I was reading about it had to to, to qualify for that. I was going to say because it is live action with animated elements, right? Exactly. So, so I think it had to be... Um, yes, it has, has to feature 75% animation. Ah, uh, okay. So you can obviously have films that have live action elements, but largely be animated. And this is, this is what it is. So Dean is an actor and there are other actors, but basically... Well, yeah, like the background and... The space that everyone is in is live action, and then the characters are animated within that space. They're within that space, and but then there are also ones where because it's stop motion, whether or not you'd say they, whether they took still images of the background and then moved Marcel and Connie around in it. Right. I'm not sure how they did it exactly, but it it was mm. decided it reached the threshold of seventy five percent. So it did it did nom- get nominated for best animated feature. I lost to oh, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Um, which we've yet to see. Which we've yet to see. So definitely Marcel was robbed. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, have you seen like how cute they are? <laughs> so <laughs> Pinocchio ain't cute. Like I seen the trailer for that. <laughs> it's true. So Marcel, the show with shoes on, is it's very funny, it's heartwarming, but it's also quite poignant and sad in places and it's an amazing vocal performance from Jenny Slate um, it's amazing what what sort of well made films can do to make you care about a tiny shell <laughs> whose <laughs> whose mouth is clearly drawn on as well I like that well yeah but it, that's the point yeah, isn't it but it, it's it's just a wonderful film so would... I suppose uh, the the short the shorts are available on the shorts are YouTube, available was it? on YouTube. Yeah, so, so I think I believe there were three of them. Have a look at those first before you you know. Um, I assume it's still kind of a pay to rent situation. I think yes. I think Marcel's your so, at the moment is. It might not be on a. It might not be freely available on a paid for streaming service. You may have to pay for it at present. Yes, but. I would I would recommend all the films we have mentioned so far. Sisu, Leonor Will Never Die, How to Blow Up a Pipeline, Nine Days, and Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Well, now let's talk about films we wouldn't recommend, Chris. <laughs> hmm. Oh, uh, 
uh, the Predator. Okay, yeah, we could go on an hour around about that. So let's not. I just I wanted one. I know it was a little throwaway joke from you <laughs> just there, but rarely do I try. I try, I try not to get, like most of the time. If something's bad or something's like you sort of finish it, and you're like, well, that was a bit of a waste of time. But like the Predator made me, I like hate it. Like I. It made me angry that I watched it. Agree. Agree. So mad. Like, like if they're going to take content down... <laughs> can they... If you just take The Predator down... See, the film before it, Predators, was a bit of a throwaway mm. film. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad by any means. And I, I watched it and was like, eh, that was a thing. And I never, like, hated it. But, like, I now I resent the time I wasted on The Predator. Anyway, mm. like you say, we could talk about that for hours. Let's not. Maybe we could one day we'll release a special episode of the pod of films we would heartily not recommend. I mean, that is a thing. Like we we publish only we only publish like successful results. We should also publish failures so that people don't waste their time on doing the same thing over and over and hating it or making mistakes. So Amen. yeah, that's... <laughs> but we don't want to necessarily be negative about films. We try and be. Oh, positive. okay. <laughs> it's me back on my high horse again. What's it like down there? <laughs> I can't hear you. You're so high up. <laughs> you took the low road. <laughs> Okay, listener, here we are. We have spent a long time with you today and we appreciate you sticking with us. So let's have a look at free-to-air television films. Wait, free... Yes, you know what it is. It's fine. <laughs> Stuff on TV. Well put, uh, which you can... <laughs> You're welcome. Which you can watch for free uh, on Freeview channels. So let's start with a film that is on tonight, Friday the 14th of July on BBC, unknown which channel. Oh no, that's true. Damn. Do you look on the BBC? On... Only... I'm going to say three. There's only like four I'm, BBC I'm going to say it's three. I'm sure it is. Um, yeah, BBC three maybe? Yeah, three. At 9pm, it is a film called Game Night. Yes, this is Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams are a competitive couple who like to host a game night with their friends and they decide to, you know, the, the game nights are getting a bit stale, so they decide to uh, sign up to a, a, a company that basically make, like, it, I think it's like a kidnapping scenario and they have to work out clues and stuff to to find out um, the sort of culprit and find out where the person is. So it's like a murder mystery. But like a murder mystery, but it's a kidnapping thing. Kidnapping. It's still sort of a live role-playing thing. Um, mm -hmm. They've signed up to this. Little do they know that they are actually, they get involved in an actual kidnapping. What are the chances? What are the chances? <laughs> and so it's them and their friends trying to work through the clues and track down. Uh, it's Jason Bateman's, Bateman's brother in it who gets kidnapped. And mm. uh, so they are. They go through the entire night thinking they're playing a game while they're actually involved with some very dangerous criminals. And Jason Bateman is a well-known comedic actor. He's done lots of great things. 
less well known is Rachel McAdams, but she is absolutely perfect in this. You will know her from, I mean, bigger budget things like uh, Doctor Strange, but also you know The Notebook and and Mean Girls. Um, obviously, Mean Girls is a comedic tour de force, but I think people know her more from her dramatic. And you know, she's Oscar nominated for uh, Spotlight, for instance. But Game Night is Rachel Adams on absolutely top form. And it is I found that funny and well well worth a watch. And in fact yeah, agree. In fact, another star turn as well is Jesse Plemons, who plays their cop neighbour, who's a very boring they're trying to avoid him at all costs. He really wants to be involved <laughs> in game night, but they think Aww. he's so boring and awkward. Aww. But he is Jesse Plemons is a great actor. He does all. He, he again. He was also nominated a couple of years back for um, *The Power of the Dog*, uh, along along with his wife uh, Kirsten Dunst. Uh, they were both nominated for the same film, *The Power of the Dog*. And Jesse Plemons is a great actor. He's all known. He's in lots of things, but he, he's perfect in this as their neighbour. So that is *Game Night* tonight on BBC. Somewhere. Three, probably. Okay, well, tomorrow, on Saturday, the 15th of July, on Film 4, at 11.20pm, a late, late one, one. Uh, and the reason is it's a horror film called Possessor. Do you remember Possessor? Is it one of those video nasties? So this is quite a recent no. one. It's, it's directed by Brandon <laughs> Cronenberg, who... Oh, wait. I think I do remember processing. it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. It's not good audio when I just like... <laughs> when you, take... you just pause in the middle of something. I just have to pause. Yeah. Um, they they possess people for some reason. Yes, yeah. I, I do remember it, but I forget everything about it. So it's directed by Brandon Cronenberg, and you may recognise the name Cronenberg from his father, David Cronenberg, legendary film director oh. of The Fly and Videodrome and Scanners and The History of Violence no, and things like that. I was thinking beer. Yes, not the French lager. No, <laughs> this is David Cronenberg's son, Brandon. And he's followed his father's footsteps by making um, very bloody and weird films. This is, stars wow. Andrea Riseborough. His childhood must have been <laughs> wild. <laughs> so... Stars Andrea Riseborough as a, an assassin, basically, and they possess, they use other people's bodies to commit assassinations. And she starts possessing uh, a man played by Christopher Abbott to assassinate a, a very rich man played by Sean Bean. He's a sort of rich billionaire. And because <laughs> Christopher Abbott's character is. Um, in a relationship with Sean Bean's daughter. And so Andrew Riseborough starts getting, you know, regularly sort of hacking into this man's body to get into sort of closer and closer to her target. But as she does it more and more, lines start to blur within her own psyche. And it's one not for the... Do you, do you remember now I'm describing this this film? Oh no, I totally remembered okay. it. I just didn't remember like what actually happened. I remembered like the action bits the, and stuff. The blood, lots of blood. Mm. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. David Cronenberg, well known for sort of body horror, and Brandon certainly 
following it in those footsteps. Okay. Well, grand. And like, yeah, Possessor, that does sound like an 80s... Like the, it does, doesn't it? Video nasty. So yeah, that's why I was like, oh, this is like Driller Killer or whatever. But no, it's like a really recent film in comparison to the 80s. Um, yep. Yeah, because... Yeah, as as I was notified the other day, we are closer to 2050 than we are 1990. So yeah, have fun with that, everyone. Right, let's quickly move on before you start panicking and going into a spiral. So Monday, 17th Monday, of July. Monday, 17th of July. This is my job on Great Movies at 9pm. It is A Few Good Men. Yeah. And you, Chris, can't handle the truth. I can handle the truth. This is a, you can't handle this the truth. This is a great movie. <laughs> And it's on, that's why it's on great movies. And ah. yeah, I'm just going to breeze through this. It's Rob Reiner and from a directed by Tom Rob Cruise. Reiner from a script by Aaron Sorkin. And it stars Tom Cruise and Demi Moore as... A, Are you proud of me? Oh, I am very proud of you. As <laughs> a pair of litigators um, investigating the death of a Marine at Guantanamo Bay. And it features an all-time classic performance from Jack Nicholson. Uh, we just... Sam just you know did the best Jack Lucas impression just mm. a moment ago. But yes, uh, won't talk too much about it because it's been out for a while now and a lot of people know about it. But you'd recommend to see it. If I'd recommend to see it if you haven't. Nine PM, great movies. Monday, seventeenth of July. Perfect. All right, let's um, dip over to Wednesday, the nineteenth of July, on Film Four at twelve a.m. Yeah, so, so this is mid midnight. Yeah, technically it is Thursday, but eh, yeah. it's fine. It's Wednesday into Thursday. Yeah. It's fine. Like, we understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's Wednesday. Okay, so at midnight <laughs> on Thursday, <laughs> uh, it's a film called The Lighthouse. Yes, it's directed by Robert Eggers, who also directed The Northman, which came out last year, and The Vavitch, which I haven't ah, seen, the but you saw. And this is, I did. This is about two, two men played by Willem Dafoe and Robert Patterson, who Ooh. are basically living living together in a lighthouse. It's in black and white, and I'm pretty sure it's in 4-3. Uh, so I could be wrong about that. But it's... And they basically sort of go a bit crazy. It's set in the 1890s, and they go a bit weird. Okay, that's interesting. Because, yeah, Robert Patterson obviously did the whole Twilight thing, and... Then he did Cosmopolis, which uh, yeah. is the most I've ever seen anyone leave the cinema. Cosmopolis, directed by David Cronenberg. Who? Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about David Cronenberg. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, I know. Okay, good. You just sounded like, you're like huh, yeah, who's that? I mean, a little bit, but then I remembered you just said I just it about before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So I would, yeah, I would quite like to see this film because I think Robert Patterson probably does quite a lot of different stuff, but he hasn't like necessarily been given that opportunity to show it because people only want to watch him do Twilight. I think, I think very much if you, if you go back through Robert Patterson's like interviews and things like that, even when he was doing Twilight, he was sick and tired of Twilight. Yeah, because it's terrible. Also, it's trash. Robert Patterson's quite funny because he likes to to keep press junkets interesting. And I'll just interview generally. He'll just make stuff up. And a lot of things have been reported as fact. And he 
like he'll talk about his time in the circus and things like that. Was but he? <laughs> and he's afterwards just be like, no, I just made that up. It's just it, oh, it, like wow. it just inter- It just keeps things interesting while he's doing like twelve hour. I mean, yeah, Fresh and also kids. it just shows how utterly ridiculous like reporting is on people's on celebrity lives, right? Because yeah. people will eat up anything they think is like gonna get them a click. But yes, he, or sell a magazine. Yeah, he has. And it's like, this is people. They are real. They have. You know. Anyway, he he has been quite openly disdainful of the Twilight films. And so I think is making a lot of filmmaking decisions to to try and do a lot of different things that sort of get away from that. And uh, I think it's working. I think it's a very interesting actor. And yes, I would like to see The Lighthouse. I would also like to see The Vavitch and The Northman. I've, I've not seen any Dave, uh, Robert Eggers films. Maybe we do a Robert Egger day then. Maybe. Brilliant. Well, let's finish with something very heavy <laughs> on BBC One we are yep. we have the information this time we BBC do. One on Thursday the 20th of July at 10.50pm we have Gravity we do, uh, this is one I think we've probably talked about before so we can keep it brief but Sandra Bullock and George Clooney are astronauts <laughs> stuck in orbit around what are we laughing at? Well, just the, for a second, I thought I was going to have to jump in with George Clooney's I name. Did, it, it very briefly <laughs> blanked out of my head. I, I could picture him. And I, I saw was your like, eyes. Who's that? I one saw... of the most famous people in the world. He was in that um, Nescafe advert the other day. Espresso. Damn it. <laughs> Same thing as the man those coffee. Um, other coffees are available. Mm. Like, just buy your own like, homemade stuff. What? Anyway, <laughs> you, can't, you can't just homemade coffee. You can get you can get like the you know ground coffee and stuff like that. I'm just <laughs> okay. talking about I'm just talking about the instant stuff. Okay. Anyway, we're talking more about the George Clooney than we I was hoping to. So they are astronauts stuck in orbit around the Earth after their shuttle is destroyed because of a broken up satellite that is now. It has broken up and is now hurtling also in orbit around the Earth and they are stuck and they are going to try have to make their way home. And it is thrilling as all hell. It's tense. Well, this was one... Sorry, continue. Sorry. This was one maybe like other than... Avatar. It was one of the few films I, that I've watched in 3D that you felt actually worked. warranted. Yeah, yeah. But then we also have watched it more recently in just a flat screen, boring old 2D. Yeah, and it still hit. Yeah, I thought it still hit the same. So the music's maybe great. 3D is... The special effects are incredible. The performances are great. It's just, it's just a great film. Gravity. Agreed, agreed. I was just um, trying to look up. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it's not that much out of reality at this point in time, now that we are having people 
shove tens of thousands of satellites into our into the Earth's orbit um, because SpaceX Starlink satellites, for example, in the last six months had to perform 25,000 evasive maneuvers in order to avoid collisions in the last six months. That is that is obscene amount and they it's only going to get worse. We're going to be at a million near misses in like just a few short years and yeah it's it's a mess it's a mess so yeah hopefully obviously humans will not be impacted in space or on the earth by that but i just don't see how it's sustainable and we should have laws and regulations around putting junk into space but yeah anyway that's my high horse okay (laughs) and i could go on for hours and we've already talked for a while could could set aside a whole other podcast to just talk about sam and space debris Mm -hmm. but we shan't we should wrap it up there well thank you again so much for listening uh we hope you enjoyed our opinions and thoughts and feelings and if you would like to contribute and get involved with that you can contact us uh, via email by typing in chris at st albans podcast.com or sam at st albans podcast.com and uh, yeah we'd love to hear from you of course and um stick with the pod over the next few weeks we next week have Max and Danny, who will be, I'm sure, discussing the Barbie movie and Oppenheimer, as well as everything else that's out on streaming and free-to-air television. And then we'll be back the week after that uh, to discuss um, more of the same, but different. So once again, thank you and take care. Enjoy the the summer and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye-bye.